Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Coffee with Casey, where we're going to take a look at the real estate market and talk about some of the strategies. Obviously, the market's changing, so we'll talk about that. How much is it changing? I'm going to go ahead and switch over to, um, to the charts real quick. We'll go over that. We're also going to go over, you know, I keep telling buyers to just relax and be patient. There is a time for sellers and a time for buyers. In January, 78% of the homes were under contract. There was only 22% available uh, inventory. Well, now there's 40% available in inventory. So now starting to see people loosen up a little bit and buyers able to buy their houses and getting back to some sort of a, of a normal market. So let's take a walk around. Let me show you what we got. Let's take a look at what, uh, what May brought us. All right. So today, market update, alternative financing. A lot of people are switching over from conventional financing to FHA. So we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about some of the buying opportunities that are opening up and how to take advantage of it. So let's take a look at where we are for inventory that's coming on the market this month, compare the month of May, compared to the five-year average. So in Vienna, we're pretty much even. So we're back to normal. It was down 20, 25%. Now we're up 2%, so it's back to normal. Fairfax down a little bit. That's not really a negotiable number. When you have Arlington and Prince William up 10%, which means they're starting to get more inventory coming on their markets, you'll see that opening up a little bit more opportunities for buyers. Loudoun County still at 3% above their five-year average. So remember in January and February, we kept seeing that down 10, 15, 20% across the board. Now we're pretty much back to normal maybe even going up a little bit. So this is, I want you to take a look at this. So, so let's take a look at this orange one. This is Fairfax County's inventory um, versus the past five years. So there's their inventory. Let's call this, this is 17, 18 and 19. Then 2020 hit, we all know what happened then. It really took a hit. Then 21, 22, there's the average. We're starting to recover but not enough. I mean, we're still low, 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 low as far as inventory goes, okay? So you can kind of see that's it. Where this is normal. This is the tragedy. This is trying to recover, but not really, okay? So we're not to where we normally were. All right, so if you want to look across the board and see your town, you've got Arlington is up. You know, Arlington is at 55%. Now remember, these are homes that are under contract. So if 10 homes are under, if 10 homes are active, we're on the market, 5.5 of those homes are under contract, which means 4.5% of them are still active. So you could see McLean is 50-50. That is a neutral market. 60%, um, anything under uh, over 60% is a seller's market. So anytime there's more than six out of 10 homes under contract, you're gonna see a seller's market. So Vienna, still seller's market, there you go. Oakton is starting to slide. Oak Hill, Reston, Centerville, Ashburn, all of these outerlying areas all up. Look at Percyville, 70% are still under contract. So you can kind of check your town. Now remember there were days when we saw 80s and 100% in some of these areas. So it's really starting to soften up a little bit. 60% is the average. So remember, anything over 60 is a seller's market. 40 to 60 is a neutral market. So now, as you can see, we've moved 
from 78% under contract to 60% under contract. It's been a pretty steady slide, right? So this is why a lot of people will wait until, you know, the buyers get frustrated. There's a lot of buyer fatigue out there and they've just dropped out. Uh, interest rates have risen. That's knocked another group out. But, you know, 60% of the homes now are under contract. 40% are active and you're starting to see everybody start to buy their houses. So it's loosening up a little bit. Now, who gets hurt in this, right? What does all this mean? Okay. So when there's not a lot of houses on the market and you have somebody that has to buy a house, let's say it's an $800,000 house. There's only one of them. So people will bid it up and they'll bid it up higher than it's really worth. And let's say they bid it up to $900,000, which is not unusual, 850 to 875 to 900. And that's what it sells for. Well, the difference between what it's worth, what people pay for them, and then what it sells for is that's the call a premium. So that's the premium. So when there's no houses really on the market, people are paying premiums to get that house. Why? They have to have a house. Reasoning, and eh, if it's not worth that now, it'll probably be worth that next year. So they've just got to get on the carousel. They've got to get a house, right? They have the have tos. So again, I talk about have tos and want tos. After people have to have a house, they need a house, they need it right now. The others are thinking, man, eh, it wouldn't be a bad idea to get a new house or move up or get more room or more space. We don't really have to, but we want to. So you have the have tos and the want tos. Want tos are definitely in the market and they're buying things. So, so does this really concern me as a listing agent, which is what I do most of the time, what I do all the time? No, because we're always in the top, you know, one or 2%. So I really don't, I mean, my house is going to sell regardless, but that premium, that 100,000, 150, 200,000, I mean, you know, up to two or three weeks ago, were we still getting a $200,000 premium? The answer is yes. Okay. Um, you know, every week we launch a new set of houses and we find out, can we get that premium? Can we get that premium um, on an $800,000, 825 or 850? Um, yeah, I was expecting a premium. We didn't get it. Okay. We just, you know, you get somewhere around full price. So, you know, are we losing? Does if you have a home that's in high demand, there's low inventory around it, and the, and you get two want tos or have tos, get it, get an bidding war on that house. Will you get a premium? The answer is yes. Is it going to go up hundred? Can you get a hundred, hundred fifty thousand? The answer is yes. Why? Still not that much inventory out there. We're still in the seller's market. So, and again, I tell everybody there's at least seven million markets in Northern Virginia. So you have to look at your age your size, your price range within a one mile radius, that is officially your market. So we analyze every single market when we talk to sellers about their house. Normally we're at 80, 85% are under contract in our market. So we can be very aggressive, but now we're starting to see 50, 25, 18% in the market. So I cannot be really aggressive in a market where there's only 18 to 25% of the homes under contract. So we need to be realistic, all right? Does it change your pricing strategy? The answer is no, it doesn't, okay? So here's always our theory. What are the houses sell for? 850, what did they list for? Which tells me where was the buyer pool 
when you listed that house, 800, okay. So you put it out for 800 and they bid it up to 850, 875, 900, right? So I am telling you, this is the most important thing everybody can learn from this market. You do not list at 850, 875 or 900. You list it where everybody listed. And then if the premium is there, you will get it. If your house is in great shape, if we've done our job, if we found the right buyer pool, if we've done our predictive analysis, we're going to get that buyer pool and introduce them to the house. Now, if the house doesn't sell itself, it doesn't sell itself. If it, if it just, you know, lacks some pizzazz or whatever it is, then, or we're on a busy road and it turns some, but it is what it is. But the job is get everybody in your house, let them make a decision. When enough people have had time to look at the house, then it is what it is. The contracts, when they come in, certainly we have techniques to get those contracts up as high as possible, but house pretty much got to sell itself at that time. Okay. So let's take a look at this. So, so we're going to move into a time where there are very few expired listings or withdrawn listings. Now, normal market, like let's look at here. This is 2018. In May of 2018, 72% of the homes sold, 28% were withdrawn. Okay. Oh, by the way, did I mention that I'm in duck? We got the whole crew, the whole family. Uh, Billy's getting married. One of the, uh, my nephew that works with us is getting married. So the whole Samson clan has moved in. And as you can hear, that means a lot of kids. So if you see a straggler kid rolling from time to time, and why am I dressed in fishing gear? Because we're going fishing. So, so let me get back to now that you know why I'm dressed in fishing gear. Um, let's get back to the, to the normal market where if we go back to 2018, pretty normal market. In May, 72% of the homes were uh, sold and 28% were withdrawn or expired unsold. So a normal market is more like July, 60% sell, 40% do not sell, okay? So the, 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 the difference in these markets and why the pricing strategy doesn't work is in a tough market, the house is gonna sell if you price it right. In a great market where it's a seller's market, you're going to get it sold and a big premium, okay? So it just means when there's more inventory in the market, the premium just goes away a little bit, right? So if it went from 72 to 63% May to July, right now in May, we're at 85%. 15% are going unsold, right? So anybody can sell a house right now. Anybody can sell a house. Most. So... 85% of the houses are selling, 15% are withdrawing or expiring unsold, okay? For whatever reason. So if we extrapolate what happened back in 2018, um, you know, you can bet we're gonna go to about 72% sold, 28% unsold, and that's gonna happen in about July. So we're moving our way there back to a normal market. And as far as the buyers are concerned, you know, now is the time to get out there and starting to buy some some opportunities. You're going to start to see some come out. You're going to start to see realtors overpriced houses. Now, my advice is, you know, we make a lot of money for our sellers fixing a house up and getting it just right for all the buyers. But there are some people that either overprice or don't prepare the home correctly, right? They don't prepare the home correctly. And then the home sells at a discount. Don't worry about it, Kelly. It's fine. escaping um so so if i was a buyer 
I mean, literally, if we were to put $10,000 into a house, it'll sell for $100,000 premium, right? It sell, you, we get 10 times the money, seven to 10 times the money we put in. So find a house that needs paint. Find a house that needs some appliances. Find a house that needs, you know, some tender loving care. It's called sweat equity. Put the work into the house yourself, then make it look. So don't pay a premium after they just put some cosmetics in. Find something that needs cosmetics. Buy that. Put them in yourself. It's just hardware, paint, lighting fixtures. You'd be shocked at how a house spruces up with just a little paint, some carpeting, you know, some nice flooring, you know, that kind of thing. So, so the opportunity for the buyers right this second is your patience is paid off. Inventory is coming back. Um, at the deeper we get into the uh, summer, then better that inventory is going to be for you. So, and if you're looking for deals, find realtors that have overpriced their house and sellers that have overpriced their house and haven't fixed it up and prepared it correctly. All right. So let's see what else we got. That's it for today on the, as far as the market conditions is concerned. Now, here's another thing you want to think about. So interest rates are going up. Gas prices are going up. It's insane what's happening right now um, that we're not doing anything to stop it, but it is what it is. But as interest rates rise up on the 30 year fix, everybody went to that 30 year fix because they were so cheap, right? Why did we get a 30 year fix? Because we can't. So interest rates were at two and a half percent. Not so right now, it's five and a half percent. But the 10 year arm, the seven year arm, there's about a one point, and you want to talk to your lender. Uh, Mike Filan is our lender, he's with First Heritage. Uh, his name is Mike Filan. If you want to look him up or send me an email, we'll send you his information. But Mike can tell you what is the best financing right now. Maybe it's a 10 year arm, maybe it's a seven year arm. The rates move, right? They move daily. So you want to see the spread between a 30 year and a, and a, uh, and an arm. Now people are also switching from a five and a half percent um, conventional with 20% down to FHA financing. And why are they doing that? Well, they're doing that because the interest rates may have a, a government loan, may have a, a one point spread. And even with some, you know, mortgage insurance tacked on, it's still uh, a big spread and worth it for some people to go in and buy a contract and say, okay, I'm gonna put down 20%, I'm gonna get conventional financing, fine. That's what I qualify for, fine. And then they switch to an FHA. Sellers shouldn't be alarmed at this. The contracts say they can switch financing. You can switch to an FHA if you want, but you can't cost the seller any money or you cannot delay settlement. So you still have to show up at settlement on time. You still have to, uh, it can't cost the seller any money. The seller's gonna get what they got no matter which financing you use. So can buyers do that? Yes, they're allowed to do that. Is it gonna harm the sellers at all? No, it's not gonna harm the sellers. The buyers are just fishing for lower rates. That's just, that's just what they're doing right now, okay? So um, let me just check one thing here, just one sec. All right, so the alternative financing is, is uh, um, don't be surprised and don't be shocked if it comes out. That takes a little sting out of that higher interest rates, okay? Um, which is pretty normal. Now, some people may say that caused the uh, depression that basically happened after 2007. It was not the adjustable rate mortgages. It was not the uh, people that went with seven-year arms or 10 years arms. That was not what caused that market. What caused the market was 
the Fed allowed anyone to buy houses. And then all of a sudden, as it all rose and everybody bought, they contracted the money and made it more difficult to borrow. So a lot of the 5% programs are out, 10% programs are out. So, so the buyer pool shrunk like this when we really needed it. So you had a lot of houses and then they shrank the buyer pool, right? So the, the, the problem was caused because by allowing more people to buy, the buyer pool grew to this big and then cop, uh, making it too tough to borrow contracted it too far and this is what happened. So a lot of homes, as the prices went down, a lot of homes were what was called upside down. They owed more money than the home was worth. So, and I don't mean a little money. I mean like a lot of money. Like we were out in, um, out in Bristow looking at houses that were sold for $625,000 down the market for 350, right? That was not unusual for homes to sell in the 350 to $400,000 range that were purchased for 600 to 650,000. Again, that's not what's happening here. Our buyer pool did not go like this because the federal government said, hey, anybody can buy a house, right? So we didn't do that. What you're seeing right now, the buyers that are putting in and chasing this plan, they're putting a lot of cash down. They're real legitimate buyers. We're not overloading this buyer pool. The only thing that's going to shrink that buyer pool is as interest rates go up, the buyer pool is going to get a little tighter. So, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't know how people do it that drive a lot for a living and would they go from paying 225 cents a gallon or 240 cents a gallon to, you know, $5 a gallon or $4.89 a gallon. I mean, to me, that's just crazy. So inflation hurts people that don't make a lot of money and, and it's going to, really going to make people suffer so uh, you know but you know our job is to make sure we keep an eye on the real estate market how's that affecting us how's that affecting sellers what moves are we going to make so are we going to change anything in our pricing absolutely not we're going to put it on for what it's worth we're going to prepare for what it is and if they bid it up they bid it up and if they don't that's what it's worth at this time so you know that's the pricing strategy that everybody has to be cognizant and i will tell you this should you overprice that's a huge mistake. So we're trying to make sure that people don't make a mistake. Now, more critical than ever is the predictive analysis. More critical, critical, critical than ever is the predictive analysis. How do we get $200,000 over list price? Because we found out that at 1.4 million, there was no buyer pool, none. So we dropped it to 1.35 where we found the buyer pool incoming soon during the predictive analysis, we found out that, you know, there was no buyer pool at 1.4. We dropped it to 1.35 and sure enough, we got 1.557. So, you know, the predictive analysis now becomes more powerful than ever. You just can't throw a house on the market. You can't stick a number on it and expect people to show up. In some cases, they're not showing up. So, more important than ever is the predictive analysis to let you know that people are coming or not coming. And if they're not coming, you have to drop the price to an uncomfortable level. The sellers that were at 1.4 wanted 1.45. So to drop it to 1.35 is not exactly uh, comforting news to them, but the 1.55 that they got was very comforting. So I know that it's a little unnerving to have to move like that, but you do your predictive analysis. If the buyer pool's not there, you gotta move back, okay? I do it every day, even down here at the beach. We're talking to sellers, whether 
you know, we need to drop the price or where we need to go off, how we analyze it. Um, you know, unfortunately, I chose a profession that it's seven days a week, uh, you know, and that's just that's just the profession we chose. So we're still doing that every day, analyzing markets as they go through. We're just fishing in between. All right. So, so let's talk about, you know, the buyers that are out there. Now, you could not put in a contract on the house because there are six and eight contracts on every house. You couldn't put in a contract saying, I want to make this contingent on the sale of my house, right? Because nobody's going to accept that because you were competing with five, seven, 10. Um, you were competing with, I mean, you couldn't say it's contingent on sale of my home because nobody would take it, right? Can now, you can now, because a lot of times there's one or two contracts. And if you're that one contract, you know, you, your agent needs to talk to the listing agent and say, look, we have a home to sell, but let me, don't, don't just stop there, right? So you need to do this. If you have a home to sell, we need to know where's the home, what's the pricing on it, what condition it is, what the pictures are, is it ready for, you know, that we need to analyze the risk reward of taking this property. Now, luckily we're pricing experts. So I can tell you what that house is worth faster than their agent could tell you what the house is worth. So now it's time for buyers that have a house to sell, make sure you have your ducks in a row, find the house you like, and then go out and say, look, I need to sell my house in order to buy your house, right? because that's the most comfortable way for buyers to do it. Now, most of our sellers, most of our sellers want a 60 day rent back. So having to settle in 30 to 45 days is not critical to them. They don't need to get out of the house that fast. They don't need to settle that fast, not critical. So let's say I'm going in and I wanna have uh, the, the contract contingent on the sale of my house, then offer more money, right? offer a premium for that because that gives you peace of mind that I don't have to sell my house without a new house to go to, right? So there's a premium you would pay for, in fact, I will be honest with you, if I have a seller that wants to rent back and doesn't have a house yet, or, you know, is just trying to take an opportunity to take advantage of the market, I will encourage people. If you have a home to sell, bring it on, bring it on. Why? because I know most people will reject that. So we aren't gonna reject it, bring it in because we're gonna get a higher price. We're gonna ask for a premium. If you, we'll give you your terms, you have to give us our price, right? So that's the way to squeak out more money out of that contract because what do we care? If I look at a house and say, it's gonna take one or two days to sell that house. I know the price, I've seen all the pictures. I know what condition it's in. I know who the agent is. They're smart, they got a good track record we've done all that homework, then the risk reward of higher money and lower risk of selling a $585,000 house that sells in one weekend and all the houses sell that fast, that's not a risk. That's a very minimal risk. Now we have had agents that walk in and say, yeah, we're gonna ask 950. Well, the house is worth 850. So if you wanna put that house on for $850,000, that's fine with me, but you're not putting it on for 950. So the listing agents need to do their job. They need to be able to accept homes that are contingent on the sale of their home and be able to analyze the risk to make sure there's very minimal risk and get the highest reward. So that's one way that we will switch
to try and squeeze more money out of that buyer pool and go to a buyer pool that can't really buy, right? Let's say you've got 100 buyers and 25 or 30 of them have a house to sell. Well, guess what? They haven't been able to buy, right? They want to, they'd like to, some have to, but nobody will accept their contract with a have to, with a contract, with a sale to buy. We will. Bring them in. Bring them in. I'll analyze how fast to take to sell that house. As long as you got a good agent, you know what you're doing. Um, or you don't have an agent and we can, we know what the price is worth. I mean, our average house sells in four days. Not concerned with selling a house. Not concerned. I'm concerned with getting the most money out of that house. So we are about to turn to marketing for buyer pools that have a house to sell. Absolutely. And, and why? Because the risk is low and the profit is high. And that's what we're going to do. So instead of, of a buyer pool of 30% of the buyers not being serviced, we're going to jump right in that buyer pool and drag them into our listings. Now, if they are outbid and we have five contracts on that house and four of them don't have a house to sell, we'll probably take that highest one that doesn't have a house to sell. But sometimes you're only seeing one or two contracts. And if you can get a real premium price out of somebody that just has a house to sell, no risk, premium price, we'll take that. So we have to analyze every deal. You can't say, well, I'll do this. Or I'll do. You got to analyze every deal. But what I'm saying is, especially to the Samson property agents, know how to identify and get these contracts coming in contingent on the sale of the house and be able to analyze the risk reward of that, con of that house that they have to so, sell. Most of the time, risk is this much. Reward is this much. Our job is to get out of here with as much money as possible, as quickly and easily as possible, right? So as the contracts shrink, we need to open up the buyer pool by going to some low-risk buyers that are unserviced by the market, and those are the people that have a home that's contingent to sell. And agents, you need to go back to all the people you've met with and say, well, who's got a house to sell? before they buy a house. Bring them to a Casey Sampson listing. Bring them to one of our listings. If you don't have five competitors, we'll tell you. It's like, look, I got four or five people in here, but let me put it to you this way. You give us our price, we'll give you your terms. Would I take a contingent contract over a non-contingent on the sale of a home contract? Absolutely. If one is a hundred thousand more than the others, absolutely. You know, they always say my joke around the office is, <coughs> you know, would you kiss a goat? The answer is no, I wouldn't kiss a goat. It's like for a hundred thousand dollars, would you kiss a goat? It's like pucker up, I'm coming in, right? I would kiss a goat for a hundred thousand bucks. So our goal is we're still going to try and get those premiums. We just may have to get it through a different buyer pool. We want the money, I'm football coach. We like to win and we like to win big. So that's a strategy everybody might start getting accustomed to and thinking about an agent start working with your clients that you know how to sell before they bought. Now, now you can go out and find a house to buy, right? Especially didn't sell the first weekend. Now you can start making that deal, but when you present the contract that I have a house to sell, make sure your ducks are in a row. Pictures, 
ready to sell. In other words, get that home ready to go on the market today, right? Ready to go. Then go out and find your home. Come to a Casey Sampson listing. We'd be happy to talk to you. As long as we get a premium price, we'll give you your terms. My name is Casey Sampson. You've been listening to Coffee with Casey. We're here every Thursday at 11 o'clock, even when we're at the beach. We show up at 11 o'clock on Thursday mornings to talk about market strategies, shifting markets, which we have right now, how to take advantage of them. Today, we talked about financing, how you know the 30-year fix is up here. How do you get your rates down? Seven to 10-year arms, FHA, VA financing. If you see somebody switch financing on one of your listings, all they're doing is going for an interest rate grab. One interest rate's lower than the other. As long as it doesn't cost us money or waste or take any of our time, then we're fine with that. You can reach me at 703-508-2535. Most of the time I'm dressed like a business guy, but not today. You can reach me at 703-508-2535 or send me an uh, email at Casey at CaseySampson.com. If you want to know what your house is really worth, text it to 703-508-2535. We'd be happy to help. See you next week. Bye now.